Hey ladies, welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I am your host and self-care keto coach, Jess Reed. Last week, we did part one of this episode called Healing My Relationship with the Scale. So this week we are back for part two. But before that, I just wanted to take a quick second to tell you about my holiday guide. The Self-Care Keto Holiday Guide is actually a perfect resource for the summer. Why? Well, we do have summer holidays, of course. And if you're in the U.S. like me, we just celebrated Memorial Day weekend. Did you gain five pounds in five days? (laughs) If so, you are not alone. And we can spend so much time worrying about the next upcoming holiday or trip or summer vacation or just the kids being home from school and all of the just difference in your routine and the subsequent stress that that can bring, seeing um, family, going to the beach, wearing the swimsuit, going to the water park, just shorts and tank tops and all of that stress um, can be a struggle, right? So even though it might not seem like it, oh, the holiday guide is, you know, for Thanksgiving and Christmas. No, 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 definitely not. I designed this guide in mind to fit every holiday and even summer vacations. If you consider that to be the holidays, like our European friends say, I'm on holiday. But yes, this is this is a perfect resource for you. So if you are coming off of Memorial Day weekend and not wanting to repeat the same thing come 4th of July and Labor Day and all of that, this is perfect for you. So stay tuned because I'm going to tell you a little bit about my holiday guide here. And then we're going to be in for part two of the episode, Healing My Relationship with the Scale. Well, I guess this is just my summer body now. I see you, friend, trying on the swimsuit, the tank tops, the shorts, and wishing you had made more progress since January. Now you're feeling like you might as well abandon hope until the fall because of summer barbecues, vacations, and travel, and the stress of the kids being out of school. The summer holidays can feel like food temptations and sugar everywhere, like food pushers at parties trying to get you to eat what they made, like people you have to see who talk about topics you don't want to talk about, like foods that are only available this time of year and you struggle with fear of missing out. And like being halfway through the year and judging yourself for not being further along in your goals. You do not have to wait until after the summer to prioritize your health. You don't have to resign yourself to stress, exhaustion, deprivation, discomfort, and shame over the summer holidays. The Self-Care Keto Holiday Guide will help you navigate the food opportunities of the summer holidays from a mindset of self-care with a 50-page, easy-to-use, downloadable and printable guide 26 easy keto holiday recipes, and a holiday planner exercise that you can reuse holiday after holiday, year after year. You will design a plan that is focused on what you will actually enjoy because it's your summer too. You'll uncover the people-pleasing mindsets that cause you to self-sabotage on holidays. You'll have strategies for food and alcohol that actually work for you. You'll have exciting new recipes that everyone will love. You'll know how to handle food pushers and awkward food conversations. You'll develop self-awareness and self-compassion for emotional eating. You'll know how to succeed anywhere, at home, at someone else's house, even at a restaurant or traveling. You'll feel in control and have zero regrets. And you'll be ready to get right back on track with a healthy mindset after a holiday. You can instantly download your copy at theketofit.com slash holiday.
You can accept right. it if you can understand it. So you're yes. like, oh, okay. Yeah. I just need to poop. Okay. Yeah. I, that makes <laughs> sense. I haven't pooped in two days. What can I do about that? Maybe I'll take some magnesium. Maybe I'll have some extra fiber today. Something like that. Or like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm nine years in, I have a very regular menstrual cycle. I'm very healthy. Um, and I gain a pound every time I ovulate mm-hmm. and I gain two pounds every time I have PMS. It's just yeah. normal. It's normal to retain water due to hormones. It doesn't mean that I overate. I didn't, I didn't do anything mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. As right. If there, there is a thing, right. So I didn't do anything different, didn't do anything wrong. And it just happens. Sometimes your body is just inflamed. Maybe you, maybe you're trying to work out at the same time that you're trying to lose mm-hmm. weight. Man, yes. If you had leg day and you tore muscle inflammation, mm-hmm. retaining water is your body's natural process for helping you to heal that, um, you know, broken down muscle that you just tore and to repair mm-hmm. it. And it will come back stronger the next time. What a beautiful process that your body is actually helping you. Oh yeah. We would, we would perceive that as what the hell, you know, why did I gain three pounds and I ate everything perfect yesterday? And I did a hard workout P90X. Like, why am I gaining weight? And then you just give up yep. because you don't understand it, but if that's you, right, um, like mm. kind of the knowledge is power thing. So get, going through context with that, with my clients is something that I try to do just the, that education, because when you have context and you can understand that, then when you see a number, you can actually apply a helpful story to it, such as, mm. Oh, here's the logical explanation. It's going to change again tomorrow. You know, if I just be patient Mm -hmm. and hang in there, I can calm myself down and I can accept it and not self-sabotage today as a result, instead of the harmful story, which is my body's fighting me. I'm doing Mm -hmm. something wrong. What's the point? This is completely hopeless. I'm a failure. I'm worthless. You're disgusting. So all the shaming, all the punishing, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. So we have to be able to provide context in order to tell ourselves a better story about it. Oh, that absolutely. And, you know, when you do have that negative thought process, it's kind of hard. And again, you don't have to like it. Okay. Okay. Sure. But I hate to say it, but women, your hormones fluctuate Mm -hmm. all through the month. It is Mm -hmm. our lot in life. That's one of the reasons why men tend to do better at weight loss or be able to lose more. You know, they give up cream in their coffee and they lose 20 pounds. You are doing everything (laughs) under the sun, eating 800 calories, working out every day and you can't drop a freaking pound. Yeah. Well, we, I'm sorry. Yes. Calorie deficits. Okay. Whatever it matters. Calories matter, but hormones matter Mm -hmm. more. Yeah, because you can have a deficit, but if your hormones are wackadoodle, yeah. it, sorry, because yeah. I'm going to tell you, like I said, I calculated everything to a yeah. T. I measured everything. I weighed everything. Mm-hmm. I calculated to the little tiny bite. Mm-hmm. And I even allowed for, you know, put a, I don't know, 200 calories in case I miss something. Mm-hmm. Right. And <laughs> I guarantee you, I didn't. And it did not show up on the scale. Like mm-hmm. you're told, oh, you eat 3,500 calories less, you're going to lose a pound. Well, right. I would calculate it out. Yeah. And according to my calculations, I should have lost four pounds. Yeah. But I gained one. Yeah. Uh, but it was a calorie deficit. Isn't that what yeah. we're told it all is all about? Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. then the next week, I may lose three, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's hormones, people. Like you, yes. you have to understand that as women, ours is going to flood. Our weight's going to fluctuate way more than men. It's true. And even theirs fluctuate, but ours way more. You just yeah. cannot put hundred percent faith into the scale. Look at the trend, look at the trend, yeah. do yeah. the average, whatever you need to do. Don't 
you know, take every day is, oh my God, I gained three pounds. Well, Mm -hmm. that's really not possible in one Mm -hmm. day. Not really. I mean, if you can do that, because I'll guarantee I couldn't. And I I used to be a binger. Yeah. There's there's no way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. You're so right about the hormones and it it does feel very, you know, quote unquote unfair that men, you know, men, their hormones vary, but throughout a 24 hour cycle and every single day, it's like groundhog day from a hormone perspective, they repeat the same hormonal pattern within a 24 hour period. Women, it's a 28 day cycle or or however long your cycle is. And so we have a different hormonal cocktail literally every day of the month. And it, it varies. And at certain times of the month, our bodies are retaining water at certain times of the month, our bodies are more sensitive to carbohydrates or more resistant to fasting. There's like so many different things to take into consideration, but the more that I've learned about my cycle, and again, just education is power. Like Mm -hmm. I've started to appreciate this about myself and learn that it's kind of a superpower. And if you can adjust your eating And even all of your activities, like your social plans, um, your business plans, everything, if you can adjust that to your cycle to match, like we got to stop trying to change ourselves and have our environment match how we naturally are wired. And that's like from personality, biology, everything. If we can do that, oh man, we're going to feel so much more at peace because it's, Mm. we're not the problem. The environment is the problem. And that's just across the board. Yes. I I agree with that a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. And and I I still got to go back to the, the part about where your body is this amazing thing. Mm -hmm. And just like anything you alter in your body, your body is like, Oh, whoa, wait a minute here. So it needs to borrow from somewhere else to kind of help compensate for whatever you're losing. And then that is lacking. So then somewhere else, so your body is trying to do all this stuff. So that's why I think it's so important for me to spread this knowledge like you, Mm -hmm. so you can give your body to your best ability, what it needs to function. And if you can avoid surgeries, if you can avoid medications that mess with your body, everything you do, your body messes with it. And I've even found out, and I didn't understand this, but speaking of uh, your your cycle and such, Mm -hmm. um, in my like, uh, I don't know, early forties, I was profusely bleeding. Like I was losing tons of blood, lots and lots of, um, I I was very anemic. They almost had to put me in the hospital, you know, for transfusions, Mm -hmm. et cetera, whatever. So they decided to do that procedure called Novasure, where they basically Mm -hmm. burn your uterus out. Yeah. I now know that that causes issues as well, because you messed with something that was important. That's part of your body, even Mm -hmm. gallbladders, appendix, anything that you mess with like that, it affects your body, even though, oh, we don't really use that anymore. (laughs) Oh, this will compensate for it. Yeah, you're right. You'll live all that kind of stuff, but it still affects your body. Yeah. And so you got to take all that into consideration, even when stepping on the freaking scale, yeah. you know, what's going, like you said, you mentioned the over-exercising or, you know, working out really hard mm-hmm. and your, your body's, you know, your muscles are torn down. And so you have the inflammation that is your body's beautiful way of healing. It mm-hmm. inflames and then it anti-inflames. That's yeah. the way your body's supposed to work. And yeah. when you're in the inflammation stage, which is perfectly normal and it, you know, you're going to probably see a you know, up, yeah. upward and swing in your weight, yeah. but then just let the inflammation goes down and then it'll go back down again on its own. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it works. 
Yeah. And you mentioned too, like at the beginning of COVID, like you didn't change anything about the way that you ate. It was just stress. And so Mm -hmm. that's a hormonal thing because your Mm -hmm. stress hormone cortisol is interlinked with insulin, which is your hormone that helps to process, you know, your blood sugar and, and store excess blood sugar as fat. So basically Mm -hmm. when you have high stress, high cortisol, and this can come from stress, it can come from sleep deprivation, which I know that was a lot, a lot of not just for me, like the postpartum hormones of breastfeeding, but also the sleep deprivation (laughs) was insane at that time that, um, was increasing my insulin, you know, sensitivity, or basically making me more resistant to processing the normal load of carbohydrates that I hadn't changed anything. I was eating low carb. I was eating keto, but my body was processing it differently because my insulin was high because my cortisol was high. Right. And so that can be so infuriating too, when I'm working with clients who are like doing everything right, eating perfect Mm -hmm. keto, but sleeping four hours a night. Yeah. (laughs) That is not going to work. And you're going to be so frustrated. Absolutely. And I never, you know, okay. Sleep is great. Okay. But in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, really? Whatever. You know, like I never really thought it was that big of a deal. I get it now. Mm -hmm. It is a big deal. And you have to put, uh, you know, some emphasis into that sleep. Mm -hmm. And and it's not just quantity, it's quality. And, you know, practice the, uh, like what I do, this is what I found works for me and that I'm willing to do. I don't like a lot of the other stuff. I don't like yoga. I don't like, you know, all this, you know, meditation. No, but I, I do breath work and that yeah. works for me and I'm That's willing awesome. to do it. And yeah. I can literally feel myself shifting, shifting from the sympathetic uh, to the parasympathetic. I yeah. feel it and I can yeah. feel it down my arms and it tingles in my fingertips. And I'm like, Ooh, this is cool. You know, and and I do some like vagal tone kind of things, you know, and, and I, I'm going to tell you what, I sleep like a baby and I wear an aura ring. And, and so I kind of like, you know, keep a check on it because I'm, as you know, I'm in a very stressful situation right now and dealing with my mom. And, um, (laughs) I, I, you know, I, I try to keep a, a check on that because if I'm not healthy and working, to the best that I can. I won't say optimally right now because it's a little hard to do that, but I can't take care of anybody else. Right. So right now my health actually is very important to other people, not Mm -hmm. just me. And so I I really pay attention to my sleep more than I do anything. Yeah. I mean, my diet's a given. I mean, that's so easy now. I just, it's automatic. It ain't, it's not even a question anymore, but uh, my sleep I'm focusing on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So add that people listening, add that to the list of, you know, the context to ask yourself, like, how was your sleep the night before? That's a real thing. Yeah. Because it, I've read a statistic that it increases your cortisol as much as 60% the next day. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that is just the hormonal aspect, not Mm -hmm. to mention how it impacts your judgment, your frontal cortex, like your rational brain goes offline and your toddler brain just takes over. Like Mm -hmm. your decision-making mechanism is completely impaired, like more so than being a drunk driver, honestly, like your judgment Mm -hmm. is impaired. You're not going to make good food decisions the next day because you're just going to be like, whatever. It's in survival (laughs) mode. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's like when I don't get good quality sleep, Mm -hmm. my husband's always like, you need to go to bed. Yeah. And I'm like, why? And he goes, because you aren't making any sense at all. It's like, you're talking dyslexic, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, I can't even get out words and I reverse words. It's the craziest thing. And yeah. it's like, I hear myself say it and it's like, wait, wait, that's not what my mind said. I don't know why it came out like that. And, and it's bad. And it's like, yeah, I got to go to bed. That's it. I'm done. Mm, yeah. Done. 
And yeah, so I, I now know that. And see, the, you have your own warning signs, mm-hmm. even though you think, oh, well, I go to bed at this time. Mm-hmm. But if you are a mouth breather, if you have stress going on, if you're in a hot room, if it, there's so many factors that can affect your sleep, even though you were in bed for yeah. say nine hours and you're pretty sure you slept eight of them because you, yeah. you last time you saw was this, and then you woke up, doesn't mean it was quality. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So yeah, for me personally, get, I would say probably the, the biggest thing that have helped me to heal my relationship with the scale is switching to this strategy of weighing myself every day and taking the weekly average. And it mm-hmm. kind of like helped me to desensitize myself to what that number means by just observing it every single day to notice, okay, what goes up, it's going to come back down and to, to yes. reestablish that sense of safety in me, because every time it would go up, I would panic and freak out. And then all of the scarcity thoughts come in like, oh no, you better do something drastic because now you're off course. And if, if you don't be careful, all the weight that you, that you lost is going to come back on. And, and all of these things, you start to have all these thoughts come in and then you hatch the harebrained scheme of how you're going to compensate and yada, yada, <laughs> yada. Right. So for me to actually be able to break that pattern, I had to be able to desensitize myself and observe. Yes, it goes up and it goes down and goes yeah. up and goes down yes. and to, to, to start to trust that process. Um, just by kind of being like a scientist and observing it and taking, taking, treating it as just data. Right. So for me, that was a big part of healing it. And then understanding the context, like I, I would make myself a list of like 15 things that could possibly have influenced the scale. And if I saw a number that I didn't like, I would take myself through every single one of those things, try to like be a detective and like Mm -hmm. figure out, okay, so I'm not going to make it mean that there's something wrong with me. Like mm-hmm. I'm a failure, I'm a loser, I'm you know what hopeless. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make it mean one of these things because it's just a fact. It, it is what it is. It's a circumstance, and I'm going to find a rational explanation for this that has nothing to do with my character, right? And so I kind of forced myself to go through that process, and that's what I do with my clients, however often they want to weigh in to to go through that process and give that context. And no, we're going to choose something rational here that actually makes sense. And that is helpful instead of this harmful belief system that you just inherited and is recycling through and hurting you every day and causing you to self-sabotage. That's not getting us anywhere. Right. And then I would say the third thing is that that voice that pops up, um, the one that we hate, the one that we say is just a jerk voice. Um, and that we wish would just disappear. I had to make friends with that voice. And instead of thinking I'm going to be at war with myself forever. I was just sick of being at war. And when we're sick of being at war, what do we do? We surrender. Mm-hmm. And then we just give up on our plans, right? Because we think it, surely just eating whatever is going to be easier than the pain of being at war with myself and obsessing over this every single day. Okay. What if the answer is not to give up and eat whatever, or just stop weighing yourself at all? What if the answer is to just befriend the voice in your head? Because every part of you is good. The voice that is saying like, uh-oh, panic, better, better freak out. We better do something drastic. And we did something wrong. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like everything's on fire. Like that is such a protective part of us that wants to help us to come back into line with our own integrity, safety, stability, predictability, all of these like things are fundamental human needs. And so in the past, before I was ever eating keto or low carb, like eating real foods, every time I gained weight, it was because I ate Taco Bell or (laughs) because I binged and ate an entire cheesecake or whatever. So of course, 
my brain would naturally think that after, you know, at that point in my life, almost 30 years of that kind of behavior, of course, it's going to think that that was the reason, but now you can be like, okay, thank you brain. You know, like I see that you're just trying to protect me. Thank you. This voice that is trying to like, uh, use guilt or fear or whatever to try to like bring me back into line of like a, a place of safety and control. Um, but actually that's not the case anymore. That's not the reason we're good. We're safe. It, it's different now. Right. And that I could like lovingly wrap my arms around this voice and bring it back into integrity with myself instead of treating it as a different part of me or a part of me that's my enemy. Right. And so I, that's another thing that I just think is so invaluable is is thanking this part of you that is the voice that you don't like reframing that really validating that. And, and, and that has been so healing for me. And I, and I love helping my clients to do the same thing as well. It's like, every time I suggest this and we do this in a coaching session, it's like, I can just feel my body just relax. Like, Oh my God, really? Like that's an option. I didn't know that was an option. (laughs) Yeah. You, you hit on something that is so my husband. Oh my God. He, he weighed himself every single day. And I'd be like, why, why are you doing that? Doesn't that like upset you when you, cause he'll go, Oh my God, I'm up three pounds. Mm. And then I'm like, doesn't that upset you? Whatever. And he goes, Oh, it, I think it's interesting. I like yeah. touching it. I just use it as, you know, uh, not even a tool, but just, he just thinks it's, it's so interesting yeah. how your weight fluctuates. And I'm like, you are one sick person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But really he has it right, you know, because he didn't allow it to affect him. I mean, I'm not saying he liked getting, you know, up three pounds or whatever, but he'd be like, huh, that's interesting. (laughs) Yes. But honestly, also Amber, he wasn't programmed with the bullshit that you were programmed with. Very true. So when you, when you haven't reached that level, you're like, what's that like? That must be nice. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you an alien? I don't understand. I literally do not understand how you could not be upset, you know, like, but we're not born that way. That was programmed into you through some Mm -hmm. bullshit narrative that you didn't choose. And it's only hurting you. And you can choose to abandon that narrative and kind of be like your husband, you know, it takes work. It takes work. You know, I'm making it sound really, really simple. It is simple, but it's not easy. So kind of what I've shared with you is how I helped to decondition myself. Um, but you know, different things work for different people. I'm not going to suggest that this is the only way to heal your relationship with the scale, but I wanted to offer a little bit of picture into what's worked for me and to provide some level of hope and maybe offer some strategies like, Oh, I guess I've never tried that before. Maybe I'll try that approach, you know, and maybe you'll hate it. Okay, great. But at least you tried something and you're committed to this journey of healing your relationship with the scale. Yeah. I I really do love the approach of taking the average. And again, Mm -hmm. there's an app that does it for you um, called happy scale. And it looked like it was still working. I haven't used it in a while, but it it has such cool information in there. And it was a little bit healing for me in a sense. And then I, once I reached my goal, I just stopped and it's been so long that I know I'm afraid that I would, you know, like go back in my old self. So that's why I haven't done it. But when I was doing it, that's what worked best for me was the average and understanding. And they kind of explain it. And it made total sense to me, even before I knew everything that I know now, it was still kind of one of those things. And another thing, let's kind of talk about, and you kind of did this too, um, about scale versus measurement. And there's a technique. I'm curious what you think about this. I saw this at one point and I was like, why didn't I do that? Oh my gosh. 
because numbers, the actual number, because even if you measure versus the scale, there's still a number. Mm-hmm. And you know, <laughs> you know when it's a good number or not, right? Yeah. And so it's in your head. And if you don't lose a certain amount, there, there's an issue. Well, I saw this, this was years ago, where you take a piece of yarn, has no numbers on it. You wrap it around your middle where your belly button goes and you cut it where, you know, it meets. Then the next, you know, like say in a month, usually you need a month to really be able to tell size difference, you know? And so you, again, on, you know, you measure, use another piece of, of string or Mm -hmm. yarn, whatever you measure it again. And then you take your strings and you line them up at the top. And then you see Mm. if there's a downward tree, you know, or a actually, yeah. And that way you don't have to see your number because sometimes that's very triggering for people. Very, very, very triggering. Even initially, like if you do that initial measurement, I remember, you know, when I would go to the gym and I'd work with a trainer, that's the first thing they did. And that was freaking humiliating. And I didn't want to see that number. I didn't want to know that number, just like going into a doctor's office. I didn't want to, you know, I was like, can we just skip this? I mean, really, do you really need to know? I really, and, and I would have to like, you know, close my eyes. And then I told them, don't tell me because that would like just ruin like my month, not just a day, a month. And I'd probably go home and cry or whatever, you know, so I know better than that. So some people for the numbers, the actual seeing the numbers is an Mm -hmm. issue, but when you see your difference and and instead of going this way, yeah, Yeah. you know, like that. Yeah. I I thought that that was so clever, you know, for people like me. Yeah. Yeah. And while you're talking about body measurements, now this is numbers related, but I think it's good information, especially for people that would rather not step on the scale, but they want to have a good understanding of like, well, what body measurement should I be aiming for? Right. So some kind of good metrics that most doctors across the board would agree with, um, would be that your waist, um, ideally would be less than half of your height Mm -hmm. in inches. And then for women, a waist to hip ratio is also very important so that you would have a waist to hip ratio of less than 0.85. So measure your hips, measure your waist, hips, I'm sorry, measure your waist, measure your hips, waist divided by hips. As long as it's less than 0.85 on your calculator, that's a really good ratio too, in terms of, um, body, body measurements, you know, and those kind of things kind of bother me because I'm five foot two right? Mm -hmm. And my ribs and my hip bone is like this. There ain't no waist. There's no waist. Yeah. And my hips are literally like this. I have these little narrow hips. Yeah. And so I barely, I mean, and I hate that. I I guess it's kind of like without being athletic, the athletic body, you know, Mm -hmm. the boy body. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have minus the big old boobs, but yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Everybody's body size is different, but generally that, that waist to height ratio is, is Mm. pretty good, a pretty good standard across the board. Yeah. I think that one's a little bit better, but sometimes, you know, the hip thing is like, well, crap, I don't have any hips and I don't have a waist either. So if I, oh my God, I'm in trouble, you know? And so, you know, it always makes me wonder how, you know, good is that as an indicator if you don't fit a certain body type? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, since we're kind of talking about all these measurements and how sometimes it's like, well, does that really matter? Like, I think talking about non-scale victories is also really important. And Mm. so, you know, if anybody's interested in checking out my Instagram, I'm at the keto fit and I have a a highlight and I post at least once a week about non-scale victories, like text messages that my clients have sent to me, because we want to be celebrating these things just as much as we are Mm. celebrating. Cause like, again, we're not 
we're, we're not um, chasing that number on the scale just for the number itself, but because of how we imagine it will make us feel. And mm -hmm. so we really have to be celebrating how much better we are feeling along the way, because whatever you reward, you will repeat. And so it's so important to celebrate the entire journey. So just little things like I have clients texting me, like I was able to step down the stairs with both legs instead of just using my one good leg, you know, like just little things. Like I was able to walk from my car to my office without getting winded. Um, you know, I was able to pick up my baby or get down on the floor and, and play with her. Um, my, my rings are loose. Like my skin is clearing up. So crossing like, legs, I hear crossing that your legs. Yes. I had a client text me a photo mm. of her legs crossed and she's like, literally, I, I cannot that. remember yeah. the last time I did this. Yes. Yeah. Just little things like that. Like the fact that I had clients text me like, oh my God, I got my period today. And I had no idea it was coming. Like, okay, we're going to work on you counting your, your period or whatever. But the, the celebration there is that normally you would be so completely like out of your mind for like five days leading up to it. Your breasts would be sore and you'd be bloated and you have cravings and everything. And like, you know, then your period just shows up one day. You're like, holy crap. I didn't even know I was supposed to get it. Like that's kind of a, a non-scale victory because it's, it's a pain-free period, you know, like that these are things that we've normalized, but are completely not normal. Agree. They're, they're common, but these are totally things worth celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such a, that is such a huge thing is there's so much more to it than like you said, chasing the number. I mean, yes, we're women. We want to lose weight. We want to look good because we're kind of, that's how we're judged. And so it is like something always in your mind. And, and I always feel really sad. And I did this too. So I'm not bashing anybody, uh, you know, when they come to me and said, I just want to lose weight. Yeah. Okay, honey, let's rephrase that. How about let's get healthy to lose yeah. weight. Yeah. How, how about we do that? That way your journey is a heck of a lot easier and you're going to yeah. feel so much better. And once you get everything balanced again, you're eating correctly, you're, you're making those lifestyle changes, you're working on your hormones, your whatever else you got to, got to do your sleep, whatever, then it's a lot easier to lose and maintain the weight. Yeah. yeah. And then you yeah, don't have to right. fight your body. You're so right. it's like, but it's going to take longer and people don't want to do that. They want results immediately because it's yeah. all about the outside. And I did that too. For mm -hmm. 40 years, I did that. So I get it. Yeah. But you know, now that I know better, it's like, Oh, okay. Let's work on reframing this. How about yeah. we look at it differently. And then, you know, like when you're just focused on the weight or the scale, you're, it, it's like a, a ending date, like a mm -hmm. diet, you know, okay. I reached this goal, bam, I'm done. Yeah. No, yeah. not really. <laughs> You're never really done. So yeah. just enjoy the journey. Stop worrying about an end date. Stop thinking you have to have it done by tomorrow or by, you know, my friend's wedding or whatever. And yeah, it'd be great if you could. That's all great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing to want, but, you know, if you focus on the right things, mm -hmm. that's going to happen. But sometimes it doesn't happen right away. You got to balance everything first. You got to heal your yeah. body. You got to do all those things. And then you can, but the, the thing is, who cares if you lose a weight anyway, who cares if as soon as you reach your goal, you start gaining it again. It's true. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? I did that. Good God. I did that so many times in my life. I've probably lost a thousand pounds and I'm not over-exaggerating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I lose it and I'd find it, lose it, find it, find it, find more. And yeah. what good did that do me? Yeah. Big deal. I could lose a weight. That was never my issue. Big deal. Mm -hmm. It was, I couldn't maintain it because I wasn't yeah. doing it correctly. And I wasn't focusing on the right thing, which was yeah. my health. Yeah. 
And even when you focus on your health, sometimes things happen and you have to adjust and, you know, work on different things. It's just, just life. And so by not focusing on that as your main goal, it's okay to be a secondary goal or, you know, that's your, what you desire. Sure. Absolutely. But okay. Let me go through and make sure we got everything. I just want to touch on what you said about health versus weight loss, because, yes, you know, let's just be real. I bet you there's a lot of people hearing that right now. And they're like, no, I don't care about being healthy today. I just want to lose weight. Right. <laughs> so I used to feel that way too. I'd be like, uh, especially because our entire lives, we've been taught that the way to be healthy is to lose weight. Mm-hmm. You right. go into the doctor and they're like, you're not healthy. You need to lose weight. You've got this, <laughs> this issue. You got to lose weight. So we are, we're taught you have to lose weight and then you'll be healthy. Right. And so what does it actually mean or even look like to be healthy in order to lose weight? Cause I agree with you, right? I'm like, yes, if your body is actually in a state of health, then the weight will naturally come off. Mm -hmm. And you know, I didn't trust that. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening. They're like, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't trust what you're saying. Like, no, I need to get a tight grip on this and lose weight. (laughs) I don't trust this whole get healthy to lose weight, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So to actually break that down, what does that look like? I would recommend like, okay, to be healthy, you need to eat enough protein every day. Protein is the building blocks of all of your cells. Bonus, protein is the most satiating macronutrient. You are going to feel full and you are naturally going to be in a calorie deficit and your body burns calories breaking down protein. So protein not only helps you to be healthy, it also helps you to lose weight, right? And so here's another thing that helps you to be healthy not eating processed crap, inflammatory ingredients, right? But here's another thing. It's going to help you to lose weight, not only because you're going to lose the water weight from all of the inflammation, but also it's going to, um, free your brain from the addiction of being Mm -hmm. totally hijacked on these foods. Like your brain is truly addicted to these things. And it's compelling you, compelling you eat more, eat more, eat more. And so it's going to be so much easier for you to not eat off plan or not eat foods that, you know, are going to cause you to gain weight. When you actually detach yourself from that addiction, you're going to eat less naturally. You're going to be in a calorie deficit and you are going to lose weight. These are healthy things, eating protein, stop eating (laughs) processed foods. That's going to bring you to a place of health. It is also going to cause you to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. So the strategies that help you to be healthy are the strategies that cause you to lose weight, but it's a, it's a different focus. It's not asking Mm -hmm. when I eat this food, is this food going to make me gain weight? Or is this food going to make me lose weight? Mm -hmm. It's saying, is this food going to bless my body or is this food going to make me feel like crap? Not even necessarily physically like crap, but I feel like crap when my brain is lit on fire Mm -hmm. and I want to eat more of that food. And I think Mm -hmm. I can't, that pisses me off. Like, Mm -hmm. and I just try to live my life by not getting myself into that state because I feel like that's harmful to myself. Why would I willingly put myself into that situation? I don't like the way that that feels. So I'm just not going to do it. Like, so these are things that I view as self-care and, and truly, um, giving yourself the gift of health. And I promise you, babe, it's going to help you lose weight. You will. Yes. Amen. Amen. And that's exactly how I approach it with my clients too. It's the same thing. You know, I, it always makes me so sad when, you know, it's, you know, I just want to lose weight. I don't care about anything else. And I'm like, Oh, but uh, yeah, when you reframe it and you make it like that, where, 
where there's so many other benefits that are going to aid that anyway. So you're already working towards that. It's not like you're doing this and then you work on that. It's, it's getting you to that place. And sometimes it just happens just, it just happens. You know, the, the more you heal your body and, and there's more to it than just food there. Like you, we've already mentioned sleep, there's sunlight, there's activity. And I'm not talking about going to the gym and working out five hours a day. No, something as simple as getting up after eating and walking for 15 minutes. That's it. That's all you really need. Do a little bit of weight bearing exercise. And that's really all you need. I'm not saying it's not good to do a little more, whatever, but honestly, you know, to keep yourself healthy and, you know, if you have other goals, that's great. But, uh, then there's, you know, uh, stress management, huge one. And that's, so much of what I'm having to do with my own self. Yeah. Um, so, so there's, there's this whole, you know, thing that you have to do. It's not just one thing mm-hmm. and, and it plays into everything. Cause if all of those are not aligned, the weight loss is going to be very hard. Yeah. You can force it. I did every time, yeah. but it's miserable and it comes right back. So what was the yeah. point? It's true. Cause I've lost weight a million times and didn't have my own. And you did yep. too. Just yep. through calorie counting, restriction, yep. um, punishment, you know, whatever, like you can lose weight and not mm-hmm. have your health. And I didn't have my mental health either. And that, to me, that's more important than anything. Oh, yeah. gosh, so you're, yes. you're right. that if, if we prioritize our health, we will lose weight as a natural byproduct, but your health is actually so much more important than the weight loss. I wouldn't trade it for the world to be skinny, Amen. but to feel the way that I used to feel every day. I wouldn't treat it for the world at this point. And I know that that's so hard for people to, they're like, oh yeah, that, but that's because you have the privilege of being in the body size that you want to be in right now. Like you can have it all. I promise yeah. you it's, it's not that complicated. It really is so simple. Eat protein, eat real food. Don't eat processed yeah. crap. And it will take care of itself. It's your body wants to heal itself. We're just removing yes. the obstructions. We're, we're mm-hmm. removing the obstructions to your body healing itself it's not magic. Like it, it, it is kind of miraculous. It's amazing. You know, your body is designed to do this. We've just gotten in our own way and it's just getting out of our own way. It's not That's you. It's the so system. true. It's the environment. Yeah. It is so true. And even and speaking, I forgot this whole thing, environmental toxins. Yeah. Ah, if you think that doesn't play a big part, ha, it will definitely, you know, add to your little stress bucket. and cause all kinds of issues. So, you know, that's something to consider too. And yes, that can keep you from losing weight too. Yes, absolutely can. So you think all these little things like, oh, sunlight, but it does, it does. So does sleep. So does stress management. It all matters. And so it's, it's an equation, you know, you got to kind of have everything in balance for it to work properly. But once you do, oh yeah. And I'm still working on it too. I got got some stuff. It's a journey. It's yeah. a journey, but for me, it's, it all started with food, right? Oh, like that is, that is the physiological necessity. You're like the number Agreed. one, uh, you know, basic of your life is what you eat is going to determine how you feel blood sugar. Mm. One-on-one it is like, you know, a plus B equals C it's going to determine how you feel. And it's going to determine whether you lose weight or whether you gain weight. So yeah, start with food. And then, you know, get yourself, hopefully eat low carb, but get yourself into a state of ketosis. You're giving yourself such a huge edge over all of those other things. You're going to feel better. Your decision-making tool is going to be sharper. Your, your appetite is going to be suppressed. I mean, it truly feels like a magical experience. Do you have to be in ketosis to lose weight? No, no, but it certainly makes it a lot easier and more enjoyable. In my opinion, that's why more enjoyable. Yeah. More enjoyable. That's yeah. for sure. You Absolutely. have more energy. Your appetite is more suppressed. Yeah. It, it, and you're more, you have more mental clarity. You can function yeah. better. You can make better decisions. Ketosis yeah. is like, 
a wonder drug (laughs) that your own body can produce. That's, it was meant to do that. And no, you don't have to be in ketosis and no, you don't have to be in ketosis 24 seven either, but you know, them ketones, I'm just going to tell you the ones you produce yourself. mm, Yeah. I wouldn't trade it. Mm -hmm. Not worth it to me. Nope. Yeah. And so, you know, start there. Like for me, it it was food, probably, you know, sleep, um, mental, like self-care practices, like mitigating stress, all these things, setting boundaries in my relationships, Mm. exploring my sense of meaning and purpose in life. You know, like (laughs) these are kind of, that's kind of like my path, right? For me, it all started with food. I wasn't able, I didn't have the ability, like mentally, like to act, I didn't have the mental energy to deal with any of those other things until I was able to get my food dialed in. Yeah. So, well, you need the nutrients for everything yeah. to function in your body. It's you true. Need the old minerals, you need yeah. the fatty acids. If you don't have yeah. all that, you can't function properly. Yeah. And it's pretty obvious with what we're seeing these days. <laughs> some people need some nutrients, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, I always crack up when I get attacked from those who are not doing what I do mm-hmm. and, and making fun of me. And I'm like, I'll tell you what, how about you eat a steak? And then we'll have a discussion because <laughs> right now you're making no sense. And I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm get actually going to do, I'm going to do a <laughs> podcast episode pretty soon about uh, not demonizing other diets. Like I, to me, I'm just like, Oh, I'm so sick of it. And everybody does it to everybody else. Like, do yes. we really have to be doing this with each other? Like, again, it kind of like, it's almost like the mommy wars. Like yeah. everybody's just out there trying their best. Honestly, people like, you know, we're all trying to parent our kids in one way, shape or form, but everybody loves their kid and everybody's trying to do the right thing. Right. right? <laughs> like we're not accusing everybody of just like being abusive parents, right. Just because they're doing something a little bit differently than we are like, yes, we should all continue to educate ourselves and yada, yada, but like we turn against each other. Same thing with like these health wars, like everybody's out there just trying to do their best with the information that they have at the moment. I wish we could all be a little bit more open-minded because we can Mm -hmm. certainly learn from other people who do things differently. Like if I didn't have an open at one time in my life, I was completely like, just like zealous blinders on like keto is perfect everything else is awful because that was my experience up until that point in my life. But there is something to learn from all different types, you know? Um, so I think it's important to have an open mind, focus on the basics, which is again, for me, it boils down to protein and eat real food. You can find that across a variety of different ways of eating. Absolutely. let's focus on what we have in common and the fact that everybody's honestly just trying to do their best and take care of their bodies, you know, and hopefully maybe take care of the planet. And like, we share the same motives, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And even within, you know, keto, there's a huge spectrum because I consider carnivore to be part of the keto spectrum because most of us are in ketosis. I know I am, yeah. but most of the time I'm not saying 24 seven, I don't know, but when I have measured, I do have ketones in my blood. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's this huge spectrum. You can be low carb and, and, you know, maybe you can eat more carbs mm-hmm. and still be in ketosis yeah. or you go all the way carnivore. So there's extreme, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> fluctuations there, but it's still technically keto really, Yeah, you know, it so it, it, there's not one way of doing everything. We're all very bio-individual. We have our own tastes. We have our own experiences. We have our own genetics that does play a part. Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely loads the gun in a lot of circumstances, but, um, what we do after that, that's what pulls the trigger or yeah. doesn't depending, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, okay. Let me ask you one last question. We've kind of okay. 
we've kind of gone over a little bit. That's okay. We're, we're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let's say that you had a really rough weekend and you were chowing down on some stuff. You went to a party, you had some birthday cake, you had some pizza. Then the next day you're like, out oh, of heck with it. I'm going to just, I might as well, cause I already ruined yesterday. Might as well just have the whole weekend. So you do more of whatever to donuts or whatever. So when that happens, when do you suggest getting on the scale or what is the protocol you would tell somebody who was in that situation? Would you tell them, oh no, the next day you weigh? What is your advice? Oh yeah, this is such a good question. Um, Honestly, the situation that you're describing, I can't even imagine doing that to myself anymore because it's been so long for me. Um, But what I can say is, Last week, I went to um, Florida for my daughter's spring break. She's in kindergarten. We went to Disney. Um, I ate more calories than usual. Totally. Like I ate three meals a day. I normally only eat two day, two meals a day. Um, you know, I didn't limit fruit. Like for me, this is kind of what I do. My, my little version of, you know, loosening up the reins or going, going off my normal plan. So I ate as much fruit as I want. And I totally had a couple of bites of ice cream, you know, like there's no gluten in it. I know that's not going to bother me. So I have real sugar, but it's high fat. Okay. So yeah, I stepped on the scale the very next day. And I encourage my clients to do the same thing. And I noticed that this happens, right? So what happens is we're afraid to step on the scale because we're Uh so afraid that the number is going to discourage us so much Uh that we're going to just stay off the rails, right? Uh But again, it's not the number. It's the, it's the meaning that you're assigning to it. Here's why I encourage people to step on the scale the very next day is because if you'd wait until Friday to weigh in, if that's like your weekly weigh in or whatever, you're not going to know how much you lost between the, the day you came back from your vendor or your vacation or whatever. And then the day that you actually choose to weigh in, you have no concept of how much you gained as a result of that. And then lost as a result of getting back on plan. So it's not an accurate measure uh, cause you're going to feel like, Oh, but I worked so hard all week to try to like make up for, you know, going off the rails over the weekend, but it's not working. So I might as well give up. Like, no, that's, you have no idea what worked and what didn't work because you didn't know how much weight you gained and then how much weight you lost as soon as you got back on plan. So from a data perspective, I'm like, you need that data in order to make good decisions going forward and to actually have the facts and have the reality. So for me, it's encouraging. Like I was up two pounds after my vacation and then one more pound after Easter. And so I was up three pounds. And was I happy about that? No, but I understood the context of it. Mm-hmm. And now it's already gone. And what day is it? Today's Thursday, right? This was from Monday. So I'm, mm-hmm. it's already gone, right? So yep. it, it could be frustrating because let's just say that I didn't know how much I gained. And then I weigh in again on my regular day and I'm like, oh, I was, I was great all week. And you know, why didn't, I didn't lose anything. Yes, you did. You lost four pounds, you know, or three pounds or whatever, like you did. So that's why I recommend actually just for the sake of having accurate information and not trying to make decisions or talk to yourself in some kind of way, with like not having all the facts, that's my personal point of view. Um, but I know some people to them, there's like a lot of people are like, no, seriously, I need to not step <laughs> on the scale. Like it's not going to do me any favors. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I would initially say, Probably not, but when you put it in that way, <laughs> excuse me, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, when I would go on the cruises and I would, you know, eat a little bit more than normal, but and allow a few little things, but pretty much I was still on plan. But yeah. I would gain probably inflammation, weight, water, whatever. Yeah. Um, and 
I, I did actually weigh when I got back and I was like, and it was almost a joke. My husband and I are like, well, let's see who can win. Let's yeah. see who gained the most. Well, he, <laughs> he, he just abandoned everything and just was, ah, you know, I didn't do that. But of course, you know, he did. I want to say he gained like eight pounds. Yeah. I gained like three. Yeah. And um, when I weighed my normal time on Fridays, because that's when I always weighed, it was all gone. Plus, I think a pound or something. And it took him a couple of weeks to get his back down. But um, yeah, so it is kind of interesting information if you can, can handle it. I mean, yeah. you know, if you can help uh, the client, you know, reframe things and to think, you know, more critically and, you know, be that, you know, investigator. Well, okay. Yeah. This is why and understand what your body is doing. Then yeah, I agree with you. And that technically is what I did. You know, when I think about it, my initial reaction is, Oh God, no, you know, but I did. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like, honestly, when I come back from vacation, and I only gained two pounds. I am psyched. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> because I remember when I used to gain 10 pounds, honestly, no, oh, yeah. on vacation, because I would eat all the carbs, all the things. Yeah. So for me, I have like, I still have boundaries, even when I'm on a vacation. Like, why would I treat myself like crap yeah. when I want to be having a great time? Like, I'm not going to treat myself like crap ever. There's never a good reason to treat yourself like crap and put foods into your body that are going to hurt you and make you feel awful. So even when I'm on vacation, I enjoy more of the foods that bless my body. And yes. you know, if I have a little bit of sugar, totally I'm having the ribs with the sugary sauce on it at the restaurant. I'm not <laughs> going to be like freaking out and be like, can I please have sauceless ribs when I'm on vacation? You know, like maybe yeah. if I'm, if I'm, you know, in full on weight loss mode, I might, but like, I just enjoy myself. And if I have a little bit of sugar, okay, but I'm balancing out with protein and fat and so on and so forth. I'm freaking psyched when I gain two pounds, right? Now, I, I wouldn't be psyched if I had just um, come out of alignment with myself and my plans. Mm -hmm. That's it's not, again, it's not the number on the scale. Mm -hmm. It's the meaning that you're assigning to it. So when you come back from a bender or vacation or whatever, you're not truly as upset about the number as you are that you kind of like, you feel a sense of like self-betrayal or like that you abandoned yourself. Were you people pleasing, um, you know, giving into the food pushers, were you self-soothing with food because you were stressed? Like those are the things that you're probably upset about rather yes. than the actual number on the scale. So that's worth examining. That's, I love that. That, that is perfect. That's a great ending too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jess, thanks so much for coming back on and talking about such an important subject that I know affects so much of us, especially women. So I appreciate that. And it's lovely talking with you again. Yes. You too. Thanks so much, Amber. Absolutely. Bye Jess. Bye. You don't have to eat every meal at home and stick rigidly to a boring meal plan to be successful. You don't have to sacrifice pleasure and fun to get results. In fact, you'll probably self-sabotage if you do it that way. In the Self-Care Keto Restaurant Guide, I take you through a plan to navigate the food opportunities of eating out at restaurants from a mindset of self-care. It's a 38-page, easy-to-use, downloadable, and printable guide, and yes, I tell you exactly what to order at 41 different restaurants, fast food chains, and genres of cuisine, including American, Indian, Italian, Mexican, Chinese, Thai, sushi, etc. But here's what else you'll get from this guide. You'll feel confident and relaxed about going out to eat, whether you choose to eat keto or to have a planned deviation from it. You'll learn about and celebrate your personality type and how that impacts your food choices. Are you an abstainer or a moderator? And what do you do about it? 
you'll learn how to have a planned deviation or a carb up when going out to eat without any guilt or drama. You'll learn how to incorporate carb cycling into your social plans and going out to eat. You'll have strategies for food and alcohol that actually work for you. You'll develop self-awareness and self-compassion for emotional eating on special occasions or even just on the weekends. You'll know how to succeed at any kind of restaurant from fast food to fine dining. You'll feel in control and have zero regrets, and you'll be ready to get right back on track with a healthy mindset after a deviation. Head on over to theketofit.com slash restaurant to grab your copy today. Why can we be so successful in every area of our lives except weight loss? Why do we dismiss what an incredible mother, partner, friend, and leader we are and chalk ourselves up to utter failures because we aren't at our goal weight? Why do we use our strengths to the benefit of every other person in our lives except ourselves? If you're ready to shift from the inside out, this month's mindset class is for you. It's called Hire Yourself as the CEO of Your Life. In this class, you will take some fun assessments that make you feel more like you and help you to love and like yourself. You'll learn your natural strengths so that you can apply them to your weight loss goal. You'll uncover the mental blocks preventing you from using your strengths in weight loss, even though you see yourself using them in every other area of your life. You'll discover your personal values and find how they align to your health journey, freeing up your self-care actions to naturally flow with integrity, ease, and joy. You'll create weight loss strategies to approach your goal in a way that will be enjoyable and meaningful for you while still getting the results that you want. Sign up at bit.ly slash self-care keto class or grab the link in the show notes today. Hey babes, welcome back to the self-care keto podcast. I am your host and your self-care keto coach, Jess. I have a really special episode for you guys this week. As you know, I do different mindset classes on different, different topics once a month. And the topic this month is called hire yourself as the CEO of your life. And in this class, for once, we are not going to be focusing on all of the things that you don't like about yourself or that you want to change about yourself and focusing on the negatives, but we are focusing on your strengths that you already have, that all you need to do is use them as a transfer skill towards your goal of weight loss. So we're celebrating your strengths. We're learning about your unique values. In other words, what's important to you in life and how we can anchor your weight loss journey into those values as well so that your self-care actions flow naturally out of the core of who you are instead of just being something that's temporary that you have to willpower through, but eventually you will default on because you feel like it's not who you really are. On the inside, you feel like you're actually a failure or a fraud or an imposter, or you'll always be the fat kid or whatever it is that you believe about yourself that's holding you back. So tune in for this very special sneak preview from the actual class. I wanted to share it with you guys so you get a little bit of a taste for what's involved so that you hopefully want to join and I'll give you some information on how you can actually purchase that class as well. Um, In the middle of the episode, there's a um, information about the class and how you can access it. So stay tuned for that. But before we jump into this very special sneak preview, I actually want to share with you guys some information about my very brand new resource called the Self-Care Keto Restaurant Guide. So hang in for that. And then we're going to jump into the sneak preview of the class. And I hope you all enjoy. Hey, love, what did you think? 
I hope you enjoyed that little sneak preview of my class this month. And as you listened to me coaching one of my clients on what her strengths were and how she can actually reframe them and think about them differently and apply them to her weight loss journey, I hope it's got you wondering, hmm, what are my strengths? And that you'll want to go take some of these assessments and that you'll want to spend some time reflecting on how you can actually apply them to your weight loss journey because you can see them so evidently in every other area of your life. So why wouldn't you be able to apply it to your weight loss journey? Of course you can. So I'd love to help you through that journey. Go ahead and head over to bit.ly slash self-care keto class to sign up today. And remember that this class ends, it disappears at the end of the month and won't be offered again for another six months. So jump on that today. Again, it's bit.ly slash self-care keto class, and I will see you inside.